A good near of Shabbos to our friends and members of the Westmont Shul. Wow, what a past week we had. We had last Shabbos, Parsha Zohar, and we were not uh, disappointed. The weather was really challenging. It was really difficult to get to Shul early in the morning. Amalek was trying its hardest to cool us off, but Baruch Hashem, those who were in town and healthy, nearly everyone came to shul. It was amazing. Everyone enjoyed the Kiddush and the Bamish, all the food was gone. Yashukayach to everybody. Then we had an amazing Purim with McGill readings and shul party, all kinds of beautiful things. Certainly the month of Adar is one of great Simcha and happiness. And now we move on to Parshas Kisisa. And there also is a special Torah reading this Shabbos, Parshas Pura. According to many, it is also the Orisa biblical. And if women are able to come for Parshas Pura, they should make an effort as well, same time as last week when we had Parshas Zohar. Okay, I'd like to share with you a story, start off with a story, and uh, and we'll weave it into this week's Parsha. There was a story that happened with the Rebbe from Sigit, place in Hungary. This Rebbe was the grandfather of the famous Satmarov, and um, it was a regular weekday and the Rebbe asked from his Shamish to bring me my Shabbos Strimal and my Shabbos Zibitz. His nice hat, his nice coat that he normally wore for Shabbos. So I want to wear my Shabbos clothes today. And the Shamish was quite uh, shocked. Why would the Rebbe want to wear his Shabbos clothes on a regular weekday? But of course... He asks, is there a bris? Is there a chup or something? He says, no, no, no. Don't ask any questions. Bring me my Shabbos clothes. So the Shamish, the Gabbai has no choice. He brings the Rebbe his Shabbos clothes. The Rebbe puts them on. He continues learning. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. A Jew from uh, Germany comes. He stands by the door and he says, can I enter? And the shamash says, yes. He opens the door for the guest. The guest sees the Sigeta Rebbe and he says, Zehu, Zehu, this is the man. This is the man. And he faints. Now, what's why did the man faint? That we'll get to at the end of our talk. And this week's Parsha that deals with the actual uh, uh, final instructions to build the Mishkan. And uh, we were told a number of interesting introductory points. And one of them is that although building the Mishkan is so important, you cannot desecrate the Shabbos to hurry up the building of the Mishkan. And that's what the Torah says. You should safeguard the Shabbos. It's a holy day for you. Those who desecrate it will be put to death because everyone who does work on Shabbos, his soul is cut off from amongst the people. Very interesting. 
The Pasuk says, if you do Malach and Shabbos intentionally, when we had a base Amikdash, not now, so don't be worried. When we had the base Amikdash and Hashem's presence was palpable, so, you know, there was no question that there's a God who wants us to keep Shabbos. But if you did it, you would be stoned. But if you're already stoned, then why do we also have to mention that his soul is cut off? Usually, if you get stoned, that's it. No extra punishments. So Rashi explains. He says, when there's witnesses in a warning, you get stoned. If there is no witness and warning, then you get the punishment of kares, where you're spiritually cut off. Fine, but the question is, why does the Torah say the word key? It says, those who desecrate the Shabbos will be stoned. Key! Because anyone who does this, his soul gets cut off. It seems to be giving a reason, not being a second aspect. So why is it he gets stoned because he gets caught? It's very hard to understand. So the Meshech Achma, Reb Meir Simch of Davinsk, he asks a general question. Why does someone who desecrate the Shabbos get the death penalty? We know there's a rule. Whenever there's pikuach nefesh, where a person's life is in danger, even if it's only a doubtful doubt in danger, it pushes off the Shabbos. If a person needs to go to the hospital, you can drive them to the hospital because someone's life overrides Shabbos. The value of a Jewish life is so precious that if he's sick, we would desecrate the Shabbos. So why do we kill a Jew for desecrating the Shabbos? His life should be more important, asks the Mesech and His answer is, certainly the life of a Jew is worth more. But once a Jew chooses to desecrate the Shabbos, his life isn't a life anymore. The person themselves have cut off their life. Wow, an amazing concept. person doesn't keep Shabbos. His life has already been cut off. He's cut it off himself. We'll have to analyze that a little bit more shortly. Now we understand with this Meshachachim, Pshat and the Pasuk. Torah says we should guard the Shabbos because it's holy for you. Those who desecrate it will surely die. And if you'll ask why, isn't a person's life more valuable? The answer is the Pasuk tells you why. Because, ki malacha. anyone who does malacha work on Shabbos v'nechrasa, his life's already been cut off. He's already cut off his life. And therefore, one is allowed to stone him because he doesn't have a worthwhile life. And therefore, anyone who does work on Shabbos, he's cut off. That's the reason why those who transgress the Shabbos with a warning, when we have the time of Esamigdash, is put to death. And that's what the word key because is explaining to us. Okay. So that's one level of understanding how important Shabbos is. When a person desecrates the Shabbos, he really is destroying his own life. However, many of us are not in that situation. And many of us are not Mechal Shabbos. So is there anything we can learn more from this week's Parsha? 
So, <laughs> very fascinating thing. It says, we'll say on Shabbos, the prayer, Nishmas Kol Chai, the soul of all living people, blesses Hashem. The soul of all flesh, exalt Hashem. And asks the Zohar, well, the soul, the Neshama, the Ruach, the two higher levels, bless Hashem. What about the goof? What about the body? So the Zohar says, we're talking about Shabbos. Shabbos is not a day of the body. Shabbos is not a day of the body. It's a day of the soul. And um, it's one of the rabbis who was the Talmud Muvak of Rav Avram Brzezinski tells the following story or question that he asked. One time he asked Rav Avram Brzezinski, um, he asked the rabbi said, when Hashem in this week's parsha." gave us the mitzvah of Shabbos. Hashem says, I have a precious gift in my treasure house. Shabbos is its name, and I want to give it to the Jewish people. Go and inform them. And the question he asks is, why does Moshe have to inform us? The mitzvah Shabbos is written in the Torah like every other mitzvah in the Torah. So the Rosh Hashiva answered, and he said, Hashem asks for Moshe, tell them that they shouldn't switch Shabbos for a piece of kugel. What? Not to change Shabbos for a piece of kugel? So the Ben Ishchai in his work, Ben Yehoyada, gives a beautiful analogy to explain this concept. He says there was once a rich man who because of his business dealings had to go to a faraway place he had to leave his family behind for months at a time. There were no phones in there that time. And being able to connect with family was extremely difficult. Maybe you could send a letter. It would be months and months. So one day, he sees a Jew from his city who came there to collect uh, some money for, to, for, for uh, whatever, tzedakah. So the guy says, Shalom Aleichem. He says, Aleichem, Shalom. He says, so maybe do you know what's doing with my family? Is everything okay? The rich man asked the fellow, the poor man who was going around collecting. So the poor man says, listen, please do me a favor. Leave me alone. I don't have a lot of time. I can't waste time. I have to go collect money. I don't have time to tell stories. It's going to waste my time. So the rich man says, listen, not a problem. I'll make you a deal. How much money will you collect today, one day, for collecting money? So he set a number. He says, okay, you know what? Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to give you money for the whole day, and you'll just schmooze with me. And therefore, I can know what's going on in the city, all the news, and you'll get your money. That's a great idea. Next morning, it's time to get up, and the poor man says, oh, what a machai got so much time I don't have to get up and collect money today. I don't have to hurry up. He gets up late. He davens, you know, very, you know, slowly. And then he goes back to sleep. I don't got to work today. I'm getting paid without working. And the rich man didn't want to wake him up, let him sleep a little bit. But it's now late in the afternoon. So now the, the poor man finally gets up, you know, and the rich man, he says, listen, 
You expect me to pay you today? I paid you that you should tell me everything's going on. And at the end of the day, you're just going to sleep? I, I didn't give you money to, for you to sleep. I gave you money so you didn't have to go working to collect the money, but to speak to me. So therefore, I'm not happy with the arrangement. So too says the Ben Ishchai. Hashem gave us a Shabbos. Why? So that we should be with Hashem and we don't have to go to work. And to spend time, Hashem is paying all the bills for Shabbos. As Gemara Be'er tells us. And Hashem wants us to spend time with Him, davening and learning Torah, and we waste precious time just sleeping and schmoozing the whole time. I'm not saying you can't take a nap. I'm not, not against taking a nap. I'm not against schmoozing. But the whole day, how much Torah do you end up learning at the end of the Shabbos? How much quality davening? Do you come at the beginning of davening? Or you come in the middle of davening? So therefore... It says, guard the Shabbos because it's holy. It's a holy day. And that's why Hashem says to Moshe, I've given them a precious gift. They have to realize how precious the gift is. And therefore, don't exchange Shabbos for a kogel. The Shabbos is really for what purpose? It's for us to get closer to Hashem. So even those of us who baruch Hashem do not transgress the Shabbos, but yet we have to be careful not to exchange the Shabbos for a piece of kugel to sleep away the Shabbos. Why is all this so important? We now come to Gemara and Brachas that will explain everything for us. Gemara and Brachas tells us, a very strange Gemara, anyone who sleeps seven nights without a dream is called Ra, is called evil. And they bring a Pusset to support that idea that such a case is so. So you got to understand, what do you want from a person? He's sleeping. You're forcing him now to have dreams? Why is he called evil? And why is it seven days? Says the Vilna Gon, an incredible shot. We have to know that all our lives is like a very quick dream. Okay, a person has big dreams. person has all kinds of plans. He's going to buy things, make business, sell, profit, get rich. And the life just goes flying by. He comes to the next world and then the truth is clarified for him. It was just one big dream. And the truth is very bitter and harmful. Because for this dream, he invested all his strengths and all his time. And now it's way too late to do what you have to do. It gives an analogy. Let's say a person has a dream that in someone's field in another city is buried a buried, immense buried treasure. He gets up in the morning. He forgot it was a dream, but the information to him was like real. He says, wow, I know that this guy, another field, has a lot of money buried in the knees. So right away he goes to the guy's field. He knocks on the door. And he says, um, you know what? I'd like to buy your field. And the guy says, why? Why all of a sudden you want to buy my field? But he doesn't want to say I had a dream and there's a whole thing in your field, this and that. So he says, listen, I want to buy the field. I think it's a beautiful field and I'd like to buy it. Now the guy really didn't want to sell it. But he says, okay, you want to buy it? So he 
gives a crazy price. Let's say the field is worth uh, $100,000. He says like $2 million. If you really want it, $2 million. So the guy's thinking to himself, listen, $2 million is a lot of money. I really don't have that kind of money. But 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 I know he's got a, bit, a treasure of immense wealth. So what does he do? He figures, okay, let's see. I can sell my farm. I can, let me look at my assets. I can sell my RSPs. I could take some loans out from the bank, maybe some free loans, and they're working it out. And he figures a way, he'll, have, he'll be ha heavily in debt, but eventually he'll get the big, uh, he'll get the big treasure and everything will be fine. So they make the deal. He gets the money together. They make a contract and uh, everything's great. So the guy's really happy. Unbelievable. He's sure, man, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. He starts digging. But he digs. Digs all around. There is no treasure. So then he says, how do I know at all that there is a treasure? If the owner didn't know, how do I know? And then he remembers, oh, this was a dream and nothing more. And in one second, everything becomes disappointingly clear. There is no treasure. He sold everything. All he has is great debts and he is so forlorn because he believed that the dream was true. Explains the Vilna Gong. When a person knows, when you know that your life is a passing dream, if you are intelligent, then you grab everything you can as much as possible. You use every minute for studying Torah, doing mitzvahs, doing acts of kindness, learn another page of Gemara, do another mitzvah, pray another tefillah with kavana. But you know what the problem is? During the week, in the six days that we're working, a person's so busy making his parnasa that your mind is not clear to reflect on what life is all about. And really, you don't realize how much you're really dreaming. Then comes the Halik of Shabbos. Ba Shabbos, Ba Menucha. Shabbos comes and Menucha, tranquility comes. The mind is clear from all the mundane things. Your mind is completely holy. That's provided you're not reading the newspaper. It's provided you're not talking about all the politics just to waste the time away. And a holy day, even the eating and the drinking, when it's done for the sake of the mitzvah, we fulfill the words of the prophet, make Shabbos a delightful day. Your head is clear. The Kedusha surrounds your environment. And now you can reflect and think and say, you know what? This whole world is just a dream. And therefore, you'll bring yourself to a decisive um, understanding that from now on, I'm going to live my life properly. You know, some people row their boat, row, row, row your boat. Other people work, work, work your head difficultly down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream.
If a person goes to sleep for seven nights without a dream, without knowing that his life is a dream, when you spend seven days and you don't think your life is a dream, you don't think your life is just running after money, trying to find the treasures, but the real treasure is right in your backyard, in your home. It's Shabbos, it's Teshchina. It's your Mishkan that you're building and you've got an amazing treasure, but you don't know that you're forfeiting everything, all the amazing times, all the time that we have, so many hours in a day. Some of us are working, some of us are not. There's so many hours. And what are we doing with those hours? Those of us who still are working, oh, I got to make more money, I got to work harder to make money. Those of us who are retired have to come up with creative ways of keeping yourself busy and feeling that it's that you're spending quality time. But how much is it? At the end of the day, we go to Shemayim. Are you going to be rewarded for the time you spent just for leisure? Or when it's time to cash in, Hashem goes, hey, how much Torah do you know? How much did you assist people in Torah? How much tzedakah did you give? How much chesed did you do? So therefore, that's what the Gemara means to say. If you sleep seven nights without a dream, without knowing that you're dreaming, you're called Ra. Because all the days of the week, including Shabbos, seven days, you don't realize that it's been a dream. There can be nothing more evil than that. To spend your life, how much you're evil to yourself. To not realize this is just a dream. And at least on Shabbos, come to that understanding, make those decisions of what a true life is. And this is truly the message of Shabbos. So we have three types of people and everyone has to choose for themselves what kind of person they are. Are you a person that has no problems being machalel Shabbos, desecrating the Shabbos? According to the Meshachachma, you've already cut yourself off from a serious connection with Hashem. Those of you who keep the Shabbos, but you squander the precious moments. And again, I'm not saying you can't have a nice meal with your family. And I'm not saying you can't have some extra time to sleep. But if you exchange it for a kugel, so what happens is... You could fall into that category of people who spend seven days without a dream. And the Torah says, you're ra, ra really to yourself, not to others. You're ra to yourself and with your relationship with Hashem. And then there's the others who this week, Parshas Para, we're in the middle of the four special Parshios, where the Parshas Para is there to bring redemption for the sin of the golden calf. And how many of us have our own golden calves we dance around? And this job is for us to wake up and realize that we're dreaming. Ah, now you can take advantage of your life. And this would be the third level. And that's what we're hoping to all have. And as our good friends in the West Mount Shulo, we come to Shulan Shabbos. We ain't dreaming. We wake up. The rabbi wakes you up. The Rebbitson wakes you up. The davening wakes you up. The spirituality is everywhere. 
And those of us who come every Shabbos, to, no matter how cold the weather is, we come to wake up from our dreams to know that we're dreaming. It's okay to know that you were dreaming during the other six days because then you wake up and realize to make qualitative changes. To this is the Shabbos gift. And as Hashem told Moshe to tell you, I am telling you, it's such a special gift. Even on a cold day, it's the most precious gift. Now let's come back to our story with the Sigata Rebbe, where the stranger came, saw the Sigata Rebbe, and says, Zehu, Zehu. So they had to revive him after he fainted. They took him outside and says, What happened? The Gabai and the family, they're all asking him. So he tells the following story. My father was an Erlechaid. He was a devout Jew. He was the head of the Kehila in our city. He was very wealthy. He had a very plentiful Parnassah. He had a factory of, of, of weaving, a big weaving factory. My father got old. He got sick. He got weaker and weaker. I took care of him. I gave everything. I worried for all his needs. And I'd hear him groaning often, quetching, oi, oi. And I realized that those quetches were not from the sickness, but it was from worry. <coughs> and I asked my father, what are you groaning about, quetching about? He didn't want to answer. And I see it's getting worse and worse. And he's close to death. And I pleaded with him. I said, father, I have two questions to ask you. Number one, why are you quetching so much? Is there any real trouble over here? And the second one, what's going to be with the factory when you pass on? So my father said, I have one answer to your two questions. I'm sighing and I'm quetching because you, my son, are a Mechal al Shabbos. You desecrate the Shabbos. And I'm not prepared that my factory should go into your hands. So I want to get a lawyer and to sign legal that all my wealth will go to tzedakah and that I've done it with a clear mind. And of course, my father was correct because I desecrated the shops. I was shocked. All this wealth in front of me, I'm going to lose it all? And then my father continued and said, repeated, I don't want my wealth to fall into one who's a mechalal Shabbos. Because I know that, it, that this factory can create all kinds of tests that people cannot necessarily overcome. And I don't want to leave the factory to you who will not, you'll keep the factory open. So the father is going to come out. My father didn't want to leave me anything. So I promised him, I will not be Mechal Shabbos. I announced it. From now on, I'll keep Shabbos for the rest of my life. My father was happy, but he says, listen, that's not enough. I want you to make what they call a tekiyas kaf, a shake shake on the deal. And not only that you won't be Mechal Shabbos, but on Friday, you're going to close at 12, the business, not a second later. So I thought about it. What's it going to matter? If I don't agree, then I don't have anything. Okay, I'll close the business at 12 o'clock. I'll keep Shabbos. 
And in those days, a handshake was worth something, more than an oath. And after the handshake, shortly afterwards, my father passed away. And I kept my word. And everybody knew at the, at the business, by ready 11 o'clock, we don't bring any new customers. By 11.30, we start putting away the merchandise. And by 12 o'clock, the complete factory is locked. And that was the promise I made. One time, 11 o'clock, servants of the great Puritz, the land baron, came. And of course, we can't close the doors to the land baron's assistant. So what would you like? He said, we have a big, big deal to make. And I said to him, listen, we're closing up now. We'll be open on Sunday. So the guy says, listen, you know, the land baron, he's a, he's a, he's a Christian. He, he can't do business on Sunday. How about Monday? The guy says, are you not embarrassed? The land baron wants to make a huge deal with you that will profit you for months and months, and you're going to push him off like that? So now some of my workers said, you know, I'm sure your father didn't have in mind for such a situation. After all, you're going to close the place before Shabbos. It's five, six hours till Shabbos. So today you'll close a little bit later. So of course, I kind of was persuaded by everybody. So the land baron comes, they sit, they go through details. It's a mamish, a huge, huge deal. He made a lot of money. I did not desecrate the Shabbos, but as people were going to shul, I just finally got to my house. I was embarrassed that I didn't keep my word. On the other hand, a full pockets of money can kind of make it better. That night, Friday night, my father came to me in a dream and he said, my son, I want to take you up to a Besden, the Besden above. You broke and you violated the promise. You said you'd close at 12 o'clock. And now I go to the heavenly court and I ask you to be summoned to me that you cheated me. Now, when you summon someone to the heavenly court, it means got to die to get up to the heavenly court. And then in the heavenly court, but listen, he's still your son. He wasn't Michal Shabbos. The first says, yes, but he promised me he closed at 12. So big hapka going on in Shemaim during this dream. All of a sudden, somebody in the dream comes up and says, I want to judge your son favorably. And everybody learns and says, what? And this person says, as a law, we don't punish unless we warn. So therefore, we can't take him out of this world with that. You didn't tell him he's going to die if he breaks it. So now we've given him the warning. And next time, God forbid, he will have to come up to Shemai. And, and it's all during the dream. And the son said, who is this Jew? He says, he's this Rebbe from Siget. And now I woke up from the dream. And I said, after Shabbos, I have to go and I have to clarify, is there such a person? Is there such a rabbi? I've never been to Siget. Now, if there is no such rabbi, then I just had a crazy dream. But if there is indeed a rabbi, then this dream was true. 
So therefore, you know, you know, either the dreams sometimes are real or not. So I went far to the city of Siget. I went out to see, is there such a man? And when I opened the door and I saw the dream was true, I fainted. And now we understand why the Rebbe put on his Shabbos clothes so that you would recognize him. Raboisai, what a story, what a story. This is a person who had a dream. This person is not a Shachin Ra. He had a dream. Now some of us may actually have such dreams, but for the rest of us, Shabbos in the day is our dream. And we have to ask ourselves about great-grandparents that we've had. How do they feel about the way we're keeping Shabbos? Do we keep Shabbos the way they did? Are they are they crying that we have such a great opportunity, we're wasting it away? So I encourage everyone to be mechazik themselves as we're coming now to the home stretch from Purim to Pesach. It's such a wonderful time. It's a happy time. And therefore, I encourage us all to wake up and make sure that we know that every week we've had a dream. And the dream is that maybe, maybe we're not using our time as productive as possible. Spending Shabbos to wake up from our dreams and to be able to then, when we wake up from our dreams, and I believe this is the deepest shot of why we're told the mitzvah of Shabbos before we actually build the Mishkan. The Mishkan is a home where God's presence is very welcome. And if we want Hashem to feel welcome in our shul, if we want Hashem to feel welcome in our homes, we have to know how special the Shabbos is. And we have to know that we indeed have been having certain dreams of how we should live our lives. And if we realize that these are dreams and not reality, we have to start living a reality. And the more we live in reality, the sooner good news will be heard for the Jewish people. And the Mashiach will come. Have a great Shabbos. Looking forward to seeing each and every one.